Thank you for joining me for a few moments to ponder Ruth. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 49. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter. Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I warn the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What, what have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm, I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You've, You've comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I'm not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, Let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today? Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, The man I worked with today is named Boaz. Oh, may the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, Oh, well, what, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Oh, good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the whole wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. Ruth, too, ate through 23. 
After Boaz's instruction and his kindness, Ruth falls at his feet, not because of the backstory of his life or that he is the Redeemer relative. She isn't even aware of that yet. It's because he's the owner of the field, the one with the power. She states more than once that she is a foreigner, not one of his workers. Who knows what went through her heart as he approached? Was there some fear? Some excitement? Maybe curiosity and definitely determination. As he speaks, she is overwhelmed with his generosity and asks why he would do this. Well, Bethlehem is a small town and everybody would know everybody else's business. So he honestly tells her that he knows her story and that it matters. He and everyone else have noticed and value what she has done for Naomi. He goes so far as to say, may the Lord, the God of Israel, reward you fully for what you have done. And he also says, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. What a beautiful image that is. It's not yet been written in Psalm 91. God has provided refuge in Bethlehem, safety in this field, and provision under the wings of Boaz as he continues to watch over her throughout that day. What started as admiration of character seems to begin to bloom into something more as he invites her to come and eat with the harvesters and dip her bread in the sour wine, sharing their meal. He is so generous with the portions that she has food left over. It's kind of like a first date. They're learning of each other, they're sharing a meal, and my mind sees the other women workers smiling behind their hands as Boaz shows Ruth this special treatment. I'm sure this was unusual behavior for their master. His generosity continues as he instructs his harvesters to drop grain purposely for her, yet he does this quietly, honoring her. She gathers threshes and carries it home. And we're told it was an epaph, about 20 quarts. One commentary noted that this would be about 29 pounds of barley. After a day of anxiety over Ruth's safety, Naomi sees her daughter-in-law walk in with 29 pounds of barley and her leftover grain from her meal. I mean, 29 pounds. That is so much more than anyone would normally glean on a given day. And for Naomi, it's obvious that God has been at work as she asks, where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. I mean, I can, I can just see Naomi hugging Ruth with tears in her eyes as she takes in the bounty before them. Ruth shares that she had worked in Boaz's field. And Naomi's response is, the Lord bless him. I can just hear the joy that would have been in her voice. And she continues, He's showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. As she begins this statement, which he is Naomi speaking of that is showing kindness? Is it Boaz or God? The word kindness that Naomi uses here is a word hased in Hebrew which 
leads me to think that she's actually speaking of God showing kindness both in the food given and in leading them to that man. I mentioned in an earlier episode that we would take a deeper look at this Hebrew word, hased, that is used 197 times in Psalms alone. Carolyn Custis James defines hased this way. It is driven by a loyal, selfless love that motivates a person to do voluntarily what no one has a right to expect or ask of them. It's actually the kind of love we find most fully expressed in Jesus. Hased is a power word, and it's spoken by Naomi three times in the book of Ruth. First, in chapter 1, verse 8, when she says to her daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness, your hased, to your husbands and to me. The meaning here is that the girls have gone above and beyond to love her well. She'll use it again in chapter 3. There isn't any English equivalent for this word, so it's often translated as kindness or loyal, steadfast, unfailing. But these words really fall short. Hased is the way God intended for human beings to live together from the beginning. It's love your neighbor as yourself love. It's active and selfless and sacrificial. Hased is costly. And it goes against the grain of our sinful natures. It pushes above and beyond. Yahweh is the ultimate hased giver. Our confidence is founded in this kind of love. This is a great love that Naomi is speaking of. The Lord's hased is seen through Ruth's love of Naomi and his provision for them in this moment. It also defined Boaz's care of Ruth in the field on that day so long ago. Do you see it? Do you see how God is at work for Naomi? He guided Ruth to this field where she would find favor and safety. Ruth has taken home more grain than any of the paid harvesters earned in their entire day of labor. And Naomi's use of this word as she speaks to Ruth shows us something that we don't want to miss. Our female Job is at a turning point. There's actually hope in her voice as she recognizes the hased before her. The wonder of being provided for beyond belief or expectation. And in her grief and poverty, she's been straining to see some light any inkling of God at work. And in this moment, looking at 29 pounds of barley, she sees God's has said. And this changes her. Naomi went from believing that there was no hased left for her to realizing that God did indeed love her and see her. And this awakens her heart. It brings her back to her name, Naomi, and she leaves Mara behind. I encourage you to spend some time pondering Hased in the days to come. 
In 1 John 4, 10 and 11, John writes, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Oh, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. John uses the word agape throughout his letter. And agape feels like the Greek form of chesed. God has chesed for you. God has agape for you. A driven, loyal, selfless love that motivates him to do voluntarily what no one has the right to ask or expect of him. It is a great love, generous and full. It is the love of Jesus, and it is for you. Breathe it in as Naomi did. Remember that God loves and sees you. Rest in the confidence of it as Ruth did, faithfully standing on God's promises. And share it with others as Boaz did using resources to help those in need of God's love and provision. Lamentations 3, 21-23 says this, Because of the Lord's great love, His chesed, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May you ponder with wonder, gratitude, and confidence, standing on his chesed for you. Amen.